if you just generally think about the top five brands that you purchase off regularly, for whatever reason, you'll have a connection with them, whether you like what they do or you like their vibe or whatever it may be, there'll always be a common connection and you've got to find what yours is to connect with your customer. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing. And after helping so many businesses in the e-commerce space over the years, I wanted to bring you the best advice from Australian experts in e-commerce and e-commerce store owners. If you're wanting relatable stories and actionable advice and the latest Facebook advertising strategies, you're in the right place. Want help with your Facebook and Instagram ads? Remember, you can always look in a free strategy session at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash free dash strategy dash session. We'll run through your ads, see what's working and what's not, and no sales pitch, I promise. So let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, we're joined by Anna from House of Cart. Welcome, Anna. Hey, thanks for having me. Really so, great to be here. So good to have you. So just give us a little bit about your background and experience with House of Car. Okay, so House of Car has been around about five years now. I really fell into Shopify after I've had my first child because I started a clothing label. She housed it on Shopify itself and I decided after a few years of doing the clothing label, dealing with the public face-to-face and retail was not for me. And I actually loved building Shopify stores. When I did my one, I absolutely loved the whole process. I'm very design-focused. So I'm completely self-taught. The business started from there. I decided to make it a bit of a hobby business. It kind of scaled really hard and fast in the first year or so. And then as we got closer to COVID hit, it started snowballing really quickly. COVID was very good to me and a lot of our clients. So, you know, fast forward five years, here we are with a small team of eight. So we're Shopify, we're Clavio, and our whole purpose as a business is about mainly based on females. So giving females the opportunity to create a lifestyle design that they want. So being able to build a business online that can, you know, keep them away from having to go back to corporate, give them the extra income that they need, give them independence, give them the option and, you know, ability to have that lifestyle design, whatever that looks like for them. It's our purpose as, you know, it's my purpose in life. It's my purpose as our families. And I love that it's, you know, our purpose for the business. So most of the people we work with, you know, from small to medium-sized businesses, they just want to get online. They just want transparent assistance with, you know, someone that actually really has an interest in their business and, you know, their success in e-commerce. So that's kind of how we've evolved and where we're at and the kind of people that we work with. I love that. And I totally agree. We're very similar in sort of that ethos of just trying to mm-hmm. get people to have nice work-life balances. Absolutely. Especially now, you know, and I feel like that big shift after COVID has absolutely cemented that idea for so many people. Most of my clients from, you know, the middle of COVID to now, any new clients have just absolutely got their mindset. They're, they've, they just want to ditch corporate. They want to ditch the five-day working week and they're looking for new ideas. And you know, a lot of people have the opinion is, you know, is it too hard now? Is there enough space for someone else? And it absolutely is. You know, there's absolutely space for everyone to start something up and make a success from it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. So you obviously have a lot of experience building websites. What makes a good website for an e-commerce brand? Look, it comes down to so many different factors. And I guess the biggest issue we see is people not having a full understanding about setting up the foundations correct from the start. It's like, anything you know if you don't put the time and the effort and the money in it's not going to succeed if you don't set it up to succeed it it won't about having all the foundations set in place so we're talking about things like making sure you've got an absolutely beautiful theme and that the theme is set up to convert so you have a beautiful customer journey and user experience so you have branding you have a logo you have imagery 
you have conversation on the website, you have, you know, a vibe of who you are, what you are and what you stand for. Because, you know, the biggest thing I talk to clients when I'm on the phone, I say to them, you know, you got to understand, you know, you're not a shop window. You're not a shop in the mall where someone can walk past and talk to you and understand who you are, look at your shop, look at your window and go, you know, that brand seems really great. You've got to convey that very quickly from a homepage when someone lands. So that's a very different factor to how you would convey that if you're a physical store or if you're at a market stall inside a market complex. Um, it's a very different ballgame perceiving that online. And just making sure that, you know, all those bases are covered in terms of how you represent who you are and what you are as a brand online. Because, you know, when you jump onto any store, you know, even if you're shopping yourself, you know very quickly what you think about the store. You make a judgment within the first five seconds of whether the store looks nice, whether it looks cheap and tacky, whether it looks like something you'd want to continue looking around on. So, you know, first impressions really count. So making sure that you know, you're doing your research, you're understanding, you know, who your target market is, who your competition is, and you need to be better than them to make it a success. Yeah, I totally agree with that. As you said before, you know, there is space for everyone, but there's Mm. space for people doing it well, that are doing something different, that are reaching a different market. They still see a lot of websites coming up that are very broad and don't really speak to anyone because they're trying to speak to everyone. And I think the people that are getting the most success these days are the ones that are doing that really well, where they really speak to a, a particular person and you know grab that attention really quickly absolutely and you know it's the same with like so in house of cart you know i'm not for everyone you know i'm generally i don't work with a lot of guys you know my niche is working with mums i'm a mom i've got three little kids you know i build a business from nothing and you know i connect with mums like that all females that want to work in the small business industry and i know that so i don't go after clients that don't match my match who i'm after and same when i say to my clients like You've got to work out who you're actually selling to, what the persona is of your customer is, and target that. Because if you go too broad, it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's very hard to convince lots of people of one thing, but very easy to convince a group of people that are very specific about this one thing. (laughs) That's it. And it's about connection. You know, if you don't feel the connection with a brand, like if you just generally think about the top five brands that you purchase off regularly. For whatever reason, you'll have a connection with them, whether you like what they do or you like their vibe or you know, whatever it may be, there'll always be a common connection and you've got to find what yours is to connect with your customer, which is so important. Yeah, I totally agree. So obviously on that sort of note, trust and credibility are mm-hmm. such big things. Obviously, you can't walk into the store. You yep. can't you know, get that face-to-face contact. Yep. What are some of your best tips on building that trust and credibility on a website, especially a new one? Yep, absolutely. So how it looks is really important. So if you have a site with no logo or branding, straight away it's turn off. So making sure that you, I see so many brands that come to me and they don't understand how important it is that they don't, you know, that they have a logo and they don't have one. It's so important to show that you are a brand and you're, you know, you've got something to stand for. So making sure you have a logo, making sure you have beautiful branding because it will give you credibility. Trust factor comes down to Social proof is massive. So on your homepage and on your product page, you know, we could talk about that for hours about how they need to look, but the things that fit trust and credibility, making sure that you get some trust icons. So they can be in Canva, you know, graphic designers will make them for you. Yes, they might be a bit better and a bit nicer, but you can do some yourself in Canva, making sure you've got four or five trust icons. Let's just ramble off a few. It could be free shipping, free returns, 
eco-friendly, you know, easy customer service, whatever it may be. What are your unique selling points that make me feel comfortable and, you know, confident and comfortable to purchase from you? So trust icons on the homepage and product page, making sure that you are putting that social proof everywhere. So further down the homepage, I want to see, you know, five or six different reviews, power reviews from people that have purchased and enjoyed the experience. Same goes on the product page. The one thing quickly I'll put in there is, you know, the apps that say John bought this five minutes ago, Sarah bought this 20 minutes ago from Melbourne. Get rid of stuff like that. I often <laughs> see that because it's a crock, you know, and John didn't buy it five minutes ago. And Mary probably bought it five it. days yeah, ago. <laughs> you know, it's just, and I call it Las Vegas. You know, it's like you either love or hate Las Vegas, but when you jump into a store and things like that pop up, it doesn't really give you credibility. But beautiful, a beautiful slider on your homepage with some really, you know, curated reviews of how amazing the experience was or the product was is going to reach a customer so much, you know, more than tacky apps that are popping up. So, yeah, trust icons, social proof, and just making sure that, you know, you've got your payment icons there, you're displaying that you've got your payment icons as well. It's all going to give you absolutely more credibility. Yeah, I love that. On that note, what are your thoughts on pop-ups in general? Uh, Look, love or hate, love or hate. So in terms of apps in general, I have a saying, many people have heard me say it, but don't get appy happy. And for me, that (laughs) means, you know, I guess because I come from a dev point of view as well, development point of view, our theory is because every single app you put into your store slows things down. There's no two ways about it. So the more apps you have, the heavier your store is. People don't realize that throwing apps in all the time and deleting them leaves the code, makes your site really slow. So they want to have the pop-ups. They want to have all these bells and whistles. And as I referred to before, I feel like it makes it very Las Vegas. Same with pop-ups and, you know, spin the wheels and things like that. Love or hate them. Yeah, you know, love or hate them. I'm going to reference one of my amazing customers who, when we did the rebuild for her store, Little Shopper Happiness, wave out to her. She had a pop uh, spin the wheel and I was like, we've got to get rid of that wheel. I hate it. I hate the wheel. But you know what? (laughs) That wheel made them a lot of money. So you've got to know your audience. Who are you selling to? What kind of client? If you're selling $400 dresses, they don't want to spin the wheel. You know, if you're selling $19 dresses, they might want to spin the wheel. You've just got yeah. to think about it logically about what kind of person is going to appreciate, you know. And the other thing, like you mentioned pop-ups, open your site up on a whole new computer and wait 10 seconds and then see what happens. If you have more than two things pop up, you've got too much going on. If you have a review widget pop up, if you have a spin the wheel and a pop-up for sign up and a pop-up for rewards. And a live chat. And a live chat, you know. (laughs) That's what other people also don't realize is they put all these things on, but how does it look to the customer? Mm. Because it's nothing worse than you getting all of that. And then you just it's just so distracting to the eye because you need to get them focused on what they're there for, which is to add to cart and buy. And all the distractions in the world are just pulling them away from that process. So pop-ups do work. Use them sparingly. I did do a post on my Instagram somewhere. It was about best practice for pop-ups. You can have a look on there, but there was about 10 or so items that we recommended. But just, you know, don't keep it too tacky. Make it short and sweet. A beautiful image to go with it. Keep it simple. Don't do it straight away. Wait for them to move through the site a bit more. So, you know, maybe wait until they're at least two-thirds of the way down the page and making sure it's not popping up on every single page. Make sure you've got timers in place that if it's popped up once, it doesn't pop up again for another you know, two weeks for that customer. So just setting boundaries around how it acts. Absolutely. That's great. I think there's nothing worse than landing on a website that you've never been to before and all of a sudden there's three pop-ups and you're like, I'm out. (laughs) I don't even know if I like you yet. Bye. That's the thing, bounce rate. Like, you know, and the other thing, like one quick tip with pop-ups, 
don't just put up a pop-up that says, give me your email address. Why should I? What, why would I, why am I going to, because I know what you're going to do. You're going to spam me. I always you know, you've got to give to get. If you want to get the email address, you need to give them something. Mm. So give them a discount, give them a freebie, give them, you know, a promise of some something that you're going to send them if you've got that kind of product. Just asking for emails is just, it's just not going to cut it. So making sure that you've always got some sort of value giving back is really important with the pop-up to make it succeed. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Now, you said you don't want people to get appy happy, which I love, <laughs> but are there any sort of plugins or apps or like features of a site that you think are really mm-hmm. important that most e-commerce businesses should have? Look, apart from, you know, the obvious, like we stand behind Clavio really heavily. So, you know, I mean, it's an app, but it's more of a functionality. But in terms of just your basic apps, things like, you know, having an Instagram feed at the bottom. So Insta feed is an awesome app right down the bottom that can look aesthetically beautiful and helps with moving the traffic around. We really like either Hotjar or Lucky Orange just for analytics sake and being able to understand your store a bit more. This is the thing, you want to use apps that are actually going to give you value. Like what are they in there for? And when it comes time to, okay, I want this functionality, reach out to your dev, reach out to whoever does your Shopify support, ask them, let's just say you want a free shipping bar at cart. So when they get to cart, it says you've only got, you know, 40 more dollars to get free shipping. Don't go and throw the app in, get it hard coded. You'll probably find it'll be a couple of hundred dollars. Benefits are it's hard coded in, so it doesn't slow your store down. You're not paying a monthly fee potentially, and it can be, you know, designed and edited a lot nicer. So if you see a functionality that you want, always reach out to someone and see if they can hard code something in for you. And then obviously just all the, you know, I think under 10 is is fine. If you've gone to your back end today and have a look and you've got over 10 apps, you've got a problem and you need to look in there and find out what you've got in there. Is it using what is it doing? Is it, has it got any feature or functionality that, you know, you have to have? If not, get rid of them. Yeah, that's great. When you said before that even when you get rid of apps, the mm. like, coding is still there. Is there a way yes. for people to get rid of that and like really yep. clean it out or do they yep. need? So for years we've been like, I don't know how many times we've asked and been requesting from Shopify to have a pop-up when people hit that delete button to say, please make sure you've uninstalled correctly. If the app itself doesn't have an uninstall or able disable function inside it, reach out to their support. So by enabling and disabling, that will pull the code out often. Sometimes it doesn't, but we always say to all our clients, you need to reach out to the support. There'll always be a contact on there. Email them saying, I want to delete the app. Please remove all my code. Because we do get a lot of people that come to us and say, okay, I've got this really shitty site because everything's so slow and I've got all this app. Can you go and remove all the code? It's like a needle in a haystack and it's just not, you know, if someone quotes you to do it, you wasted your money because they'll never find the code. Once the app's gone, you have no trace. So, yep, absolutely reach out to the app support and do it correctly or uninstall or disable anything before you hit the delete button. You really think Shopify would make that easier? I know, you you would think, yeah, (laughs) you would think. As I say, we've requested for so many years for them to do that because it just makes so much sense. I don't know why they wouldn't, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Reaching out to mm-hmm. app support. I would never even have thought of that. Yep. And that's um, the other thing with support. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the Shopify chat and the Shopify support, you pay your $29 or your $79 a month and you do get support. You know, a lot of my clients don't even realize they have a live chat. You know, at the moment, you know, they are based everywhere. Like I jumped on there as a partner the other day and I got someone in New Zealand. We had a great chat. It was the support is epic. One of my staff members is ex-Shopify support. He was trained by Shopify 
and they will offer a lot of help for free and people don't realize they can reach out and do that. Just reach out and ask them the question. They'll either say yes or no. And same with your theme. If you've got problems or issues with your theme, same goes. You can reach out to the theme developer and their support and they will often help you for free too, which a lot of people don't realize. That's amazing and a very good tip. Thank you. The other thing is obviously your conversion rate for your website is really Mm -hmm. important. Do you have any top tips on how to improve your conversion rate? Yeah, we do. And conversion comes down to so many components. But what you need to be looking at, and I have got, you know, a couple of cheat sheets if anyone wants them. I'm happy to email them out. Just one. I've got one for the homepage, which is really good. But we need to be looking at the hierarchy of the homepage and making sure it's set out to convert. We don't want to have because you've got three seconds to convert me when I land and there needs to be a beautiful image of, and it's, you know, what you are, who you are, what you sell and an option to buy. So I always use the example of the picture, if it was a t-shirt store, the picture needs to be someone walking down the beach looking amazing wearing the t-shirt. The caption is, we sell t-shirts, they are amazingly comfortable, buy now. It's that simple. Keeping it really clear about who and what you are immediately. Top tips I can give you are making sure your CTAs, which is your call to action, your add to cart buttons and other buttons throughout the store are a non-branded color. Let's just think about, you know, a black and white store. It's got some red through it. Make the button green. Make the button yellow. Make it something very attractive. The amount of stores I see with a black or a white button thinking it looks stylish and sleek, it's just a conversion killer because I need to see it straight away. So making sure that the CTAs are nice and bright have a look at your fonts. Have you got really small fonts? Keep in mind people that have you know, site issues. Can they read your site really clearly? Not having too much content on the homepage. Nobody is going to read it. Nobody is going to read paragraph after paragraph. They're there to shop. Transform as much content as you can into imagery or icons to really get your points across. Like if you want to talk about how, you know, what you, your unique selling points are, put them into icons. If you're eco-friendly, if you have recycled packaging and you want to talk about it, no one cares, but if they see an image of an icon, <laughs> that's okay because no one really wants to know where you got the packaging from and, you know, we support this, that and the other, but they'll see the icon and go, yep, perfect, tick my box. So yeah. making sure everything's really, you know, easy on the eye and because people want to move through really fast, you need to be testing your store about how it feels for you. Get yourself, get two friends that are completely different, one tech-savvy friend, one completely untech-savvy friend to jump on your site and go through it and give you a rundown of how it felt. Was it easy to get to cart? Was I pissed off that there was shipping at cart? You know, did I understand what the returns policy was going to be? All of those things, if there are any roadblocks, that's where people are going to bounce. So the biggest thing I say to people is jump on your store, have the experience yourself, get people to have the experience as well and tell them, get them to tell you what they enjoyed and what they didn't. And that's a true CRO as well as, you know, what's actually going on. And then if anyone wants, because there's a lot to do with CRO, if anyone wants a homepage CRO chart that I've got, I'm happy to send it over to them if they want to reach out. So, which will give you some good tips and tricks. But yeah, there's a lot you could talk about, but those are just a few that hopefully help them on the way. Yeah, I love that. I think the the buttons is a really big one. Yep. I was on a site the other day that I didn't actually realize they were buttons because everything yeah. was beige. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, you think of the tones like that. <laughs> Everyone, you know, they want to be neutral at the moment, have these really neutral sites, which look stunning. But and people think, oh, I can't put a really bright button. That will just ruin the vibe. It doesn't at all. You know, think of if you've got a beige site, put a nice, you know, really neutral red in there or something like that, you know, and you'd mm. be surprised at how different it looks. And as you say, you know, you missed a button and other people are too. So, yeah, exactly. That's a big one. Exactly. Uh, do you have 
like your top best three tips for e-commerce? My top best three tips for e-commerce. The biggest one would be buy a premium theme. So when you're on Shopify and you're using the free theme, they are good, but it's like anything in life, you do get what you pay for. If you are serious and you want to make money and you want your site to convert, invest in a premium theme. The fees are one-off. They're around about 350 to 450 Australian by converted, but it's a one-off fee that you have forever. So invest in a premium theme is the best thing you can do and making sure you're investing in one from the Shopify theme store, not from Theme Forest or third parties. So making sure you've got an amazing theme. Get your foundation set up correctly from the start. So making sure that everything is set up to convert. And if you know if you have all your foundations down, then you're ticking all the boxes. And the third biggest tip I would say is when it comes to marketing, you know, do not leave any money on the table without setting up an ecosystem of emails. Nurture is so, so important. You can have that website there and you can have it sitting there, but if you're not nurturing them at every touch point, you're just letting money go. So it's not about just the people that purchase. It's about the people that just come and browse for three seconds and run away or the people that get to cart or the people that purchase and maybe forget about you, but then you could have brought them back. So making sure the full circle is there. The website is on point. The marketing is on point with the nurture journey through email and just making sure all the foundations are there in place to succeed. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. Obviously, we do Facebook ads and a lot of people come to us and think that we can just run their Facebook ads and make them lots of money. But if you don't have that owned media, that mailing list, building out the nurture sequences, like it's so expensive. Absolutely. (laughs) We can do it, but my goodness, it's expensive. It's so much better to get everyone in at the front end with your Facebook ads and then do everything else, do all the hard lifting with your emails. Absolutely. Yep. It's massive. So, and you know, Shopify and Clavio marry so perfectly together. There's no reason not to get them both set up. Yeah. Clavio is amazing. It is. One of my Another whole topic. Very much so. Do you think that we've missed anything else? I mean, obviously, there's we could talk about this for hours, but yeah, we could. Big no, things? look, you know, the biggest things I would just say to people is, you know, at the moment, especially when talking to people, new brands or existing brands, is, you know, always stay in your own lane and just do your own thing. If you've got a passion and you've got drive to do what it is you're doing, don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about what, how everyone else is succeeding or failing. You know, just do you and your brand and put everything you've got into it. And as as I said before, I still believe there's so much room for new business, new products, new exciting things. You've just got to give it a go and don't give up. You know, don't look back. It can get hard. Entrepreneurship is freaking hard, but it's worth Mm -hmm. every single tear and it's worth every single effort. So, yeah, that would be my biggest thing to close is just don't give up and keep the mindset to just keep going. And those are the people that succeed. Those are the people that able to quit their jobs and have those passive income coming in are the ones that just they just went for it they just went for it you know don't worry about waiting for it for tomorrow just if you want to do it just jump in I love that I love that on that note do you have any strategies or habits that you follow each day to help you stay on track in business uh yes I do so you look you know, I'm a mom. I've got three kids under eight. So my life is very hectic for me. So I get up and I go to the gym every morning while well, most school mornings because I need my mindset to be right. And then I was meditating for a long time, which I really enjoyed, but I have dropped the ball on that a little bit. But my big, and then when I get into the office, I'm in a completely different mindset. Boundaries and lists are probably my two biggest things. So being a mom and trying to juggle running a business with staff and having three little people that need me. Boundaries are massively important. You know, no phones at night, no phones in the bed, cutting off, 
you know, communication in between hours where I know that I need to be present is massive because combining the two gives me a lot of anxiety. So I'm really loving the fact of having boundaries. It makes me feel better and I'm more productive. And then in terms of when I'm in the work, you know, I'm big on trying to do blocks of work. So focusing on just, you know, two or three tasks that I need to do on my list, getting them done. I am a multitasker by heart and I can do it very well, but it does give me a lot of stress. So I'm trying to just, I think the biggest thing you can do, and same when I have new clients come on board and, you know, they get the onboarding pack and there's all these lists and checklists. Often they message me and you just go, oh, well, okay, now. But, you know, if you just break it down and you just go, okay, I'm going to do two things off that list every day and I'm going to work through it instead of jumping around and, you know, juggling different components. So, yeah, step-by-step lists. And just, you know, blocks of time to get things done makes productivity a lot better. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, Do you have a favourite podcast? Do I have a favourite podcast? Can I say one that's totally random? Because when I... Most people do, to be fair. (laughs) because uh, when I listen to podcasts, I'm actually trying to avoid work and I'm trying to avoid This American Life, which is based obviously in the States, is absolutely fascinating. It basically, every week he talks to different people in different walks of life, different things in America, just the most random topics. And it just takes me away for an hour and I love it. So I listen to probably two episodes a week. So This American Life, I find it fascinating. Some amazing topics on there about America. Amazing. We've had lots of crime podcasts. So yeah, there's lots of I people are in the same boat. I can imagine. <laughs> and you know, like I'm, I mean, I do read some stuff and listen to some stuff for work, but you know, you get so entrapped in it. I've got to be honest, it's nice to disappear into another world for a while. Yeah, not, not everything work. is about work. As exactly. It's yeah. nice to have the fun things. It is. Yeah, it is. And if people are interested in getting any of these downloads and things that you've yep. talked about or hiring you, what's the best way Absolutely. that people can visit you? Yep. So as I say, Anna from House of Cart, you'll find me at uh, www.houseofcart.com.au. Our email address is hello at houseofcart.com.au. Otherwise you can search us on Facebook or Instagram and just reach out. Send me a message. And if anyone wants the PDF that I've got for CRO for their homepage, absolutely happy to send it off. And we do send out a newsletter every two weeks, which is very non-salesy. It's all education-based, just really helping people succeed in their journeys. So it's always to do with tips and tricks around Shopify and Clavio. So sign up to the newsletter. And if you just want to chat, absolutely jump on my site, book a call, and I'd love to connect. Lovely. She also shares some really great reels. Yes. <laughs> They're very interesting I'm and informative. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. It's a mix of my crazy children in the background with some motivational or educational content across the top. So... fantastic well it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for joining us you're more than welcome thanks Dana thank you for listening to the Bright Minds of E-commerce podcast as always you can find the show notes at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash episode 38 thanks for listening